Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is episode 456 of Off The Script for your December 11th, 2022. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Sunday evenings, wherever you may be. We got a lot to get into, ladies and gentlemen. I am not going to waste a lot of your time. But I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. It's been a great week. We capped off the week. Last night, with Ring of Honor Final Battle and NXT Deadline, which I thought were two great shows. Ring of Honor being the better of the two shows. But 
That was a great way to end the year, man. And we've seen a lot of great wrestling this year alone. And I think 2023 is going to be even better, man. I'm planning on doing something a little different this year for the podcast. I want to do something where I get everybody actively involved. Always trying to think of ways to get all my VIPs, my channel members involved. What I'm going to do is over the next two weeks, I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions, one per day. And we're going to take a poll with my Twitter community, which will then lead to my VIPs having the ultimate decision. We're going to do the first ever OTS Awards for 2022. So anything from best match of the year, best feud of the year, best commentary team of the year, best women's match of the entire year, best male performer, best female performer, best pay-per-view, shocking moments, best shocking moment or the most shocking moment of the entire year. Going to come up with a series of questions, and uh, I want you guys to look forward to that, look out for that on Twitter, man. Should be good. Should be good. If you guys missed my post-show last night, man, we were very, very concise, very to the points with Ring of Honor and NXT. Did a double review in one stream. Normally, I do not like to do that because there's just so much wrestling that comes out of both of those shows. But we did it, and I was very pleased with the end result. Went over basically everything that really mattered. Gave you guys a solid opinion. Was here for less than two hours, and we were good to go. So go check that out. Ring of Honor Final Battle and NXT Deadline Review on the channel. Friday Night SmackDown, Wednesday's Dynamite, Monday's Raw, everything in between. All on the channel. Go check it out. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the best. What is this best moment goes to AFI? No question. You guys are already getting started. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications. I'm going to need you guys to hit that thumbs up. We need 1,000 likes minimum in the chat tonight. So let's hit that thumbs up, guys. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. I got my cold beverage and another backed up. Memberships are open. Get them on in. You guys want to chat tonight? Every Sunday, it's VIP Sunday channel members only get them on in always accepting applications to the vip club and tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at manscaped manscaped.com you guys are gonna use that code script 20 at checkout 20 percent off and free shipping man so go check them out hoping to have them on board as always, next year as well. But Manscaped is the sponsor for tonight's show. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. Let's get into the news, guys. I want to start very light, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Potential Royal Rumble spoilers for one Logan Paul. Talked about this earlier in the week. Logan Paul apparently tore his MCL and meniscus at Crown Jewel in that tremendous match against Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. 
And although it was originally believed he tore his ACL, it's only the MCL and meniscus, which means he will not need surgery. And hopefully he will be back sooner rather than later. There was a recent video that went around on social media from Wade Clemens and FaZe Sensei. Wade stated that he heard that Paul is going to try and wrestle in six weeks. Now, six weeks would land us in the Royal Rumble, which would be on January 28th, 2023. The news was mentioned while talking about Conor McGregor's body transformation after suffering a broken leg as he's trying to get back into fighting shape and back into the UFC. So Wade Clemens says this, and I quote, Fair play, I would do the same thing that other guys don't, and like almost a pay-to-win type thing because Conor has the money to do it and some other guys may not. But that's the game you play if you're a superstar and you have that kind of money, the same reason that Logan Paul has talked about he's going to get stem cell therapy. We got an update on that. His MCL was the only thing that was torn. He didn't have a triple tear. He's going to try and wrestle in six weeks, apparently. He's going to get stem cell stuff, and that stuff is great. You have the money to do it. Why the fuck not? End quote. So Wade has broken news in the past in regards to the boxing world, a scene that Logan Paul and his brother are definitely a part of. Paul may announce his entry into the men's Royal Rumble match or just make a surprise return in the match without saying anything on January 28th. If he's able to be back, great. I think, I, I, I think, I don't know what everybody else is thinking, but I think the majority of us who've watched WWE programming that surrounds itself with Logan Paul, I don't think any of us have a problem with him being there anymore. You know, at first, there was a large vocal minority of people that did not understand the gravity of the situation. Believe it or not, everybody says I'm negative. But believe it or not, when Logan Paul first signed with the WWE, I didn't really see it as a big deal. I didn't think he was going to come in and take TV time away from anybody. I didn't think he was going to come in there and be a full-time guy. I didn't think he was going to come in there and win fucking championships left and right. The show wasn't going to be centered around Logan Paul. He's not taking any money off anybody else's fucking table. But I honestly think everybody jumped the gun on Logan Paul. I get it. Celebrity appearances really aren't that great. They are definitely hit and miss. But... Logan Paul, I think, exceeded everybody's expectations. And now with the performance he gave us at Crown Jewel against Roman Reigns, I don't think anybody ever again is going to have a problem with him being in the ring. And if he's okay to go in the Royal Rumble, obviously he's not going to win the match, but I could see somebody like Logan Paul being in the Rumble, and in the Rumble, they set up what he will be doing at WrestleMania. So we will see what happens there. And it's quite interesting that John Cena has been in the news lately. John Cena is coming back to WWE television at the end of December for the final SmackDown of the year. I mentioned this on Friday's show when I was live for SmackDown. John Cena is going to be on SmackDown at the end of the month. Now, what is he going to be there for? Obviously, everybody wants to see Cena back in a potential match against Gunther, right? I think that would be great. Take my fucking money, really. I think that would be awesome. But John Cena coming back on SmackDown, what is he doing in Tampa, Florida? Now, that would only leave us about four weeks and some change till the Royal Rumble. Maybe John Cena announces himself as a participant 
in the Royal Rumble because he wants to chase number 17. Not out of the realm of possibility there. And maybe with John Cena in the Royal Rumble, not only would it make the Royal Rumble that much more unpredictable, imagine having John Cena, Cody Rhodes, The Rock in the Royal Rumble, potentially. I I hope he's not there, but maybe. This may be the most star-studded Royal Rumble ever. And... If John Cena is showing up on SmackDown, that definitely could be one of the reasons why he's back. He could potentially announce himself to be a part of the Royal Rumble match. And in that match, if Logan Paul is trying to wrestle in six weeks, six weeks is the Royal Rumble, we may be getting Logan Paul setting up his match with John Cena at WrestleMania. Now, John Cena has a plethora of opponents he could wrestle at WrestleMania, Logan Paul being one of them. Right, Edge being another. I pitched that match many times before. Edge versus John Cena. If this is really Edge's retirement year, which I hope it's not. John Cena versus Austin Theory is another one. So we will see what happens. But I do think that John Cena potentially could announce himself in the Royal Rumble on the final SmackDown of the year. Let me know what you guys think about that. But Logan Paul, I hope he gets back quick. I was actually worried that he was going to be out for nine months. Maybe longer than that with this injury that happened at Crown Jewel. Good to know that he will be back and trying to get back. And you can tell how much he loves this shit, man. Back in six weeks? Clearly, he wants to be ready for WrestleMania. And that's exactly what he's doing. Good for him. John Cena. He's in the news, like I said, about SmackDown, that appearance on SmackDown. But there is news on John Cena's status for WrestleMania 39. We got news coming in about this. And apparently, WrestleVotes is reporting that Cena is expected to be at WrestleMania 39, and wrestling in Los Angeles. And it's unclear who his opponent will be at this moment for the show. WrestleVotes explained that Cena wants to become the next Rock and a match at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, especially if Dwayne Johnson is on the show, will help with that. Dave Meltzer has, has shed some light on Cena's 2023 filming schedule. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, the report stated that there is a question regarding Cena at Mania, as Cena will be on in Australia filming the movie Ricky Stinicky through February and March. Now, if Cena wants to wrestle at Mania, he would have to train in Australia while shooting this movie. It would also likely limit how many appearances he could make on WWE television leading up to the show. Now, that shouldn't be a problem because if you guys remember this year, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin, they had a match at WrestleMania and a segment before that match at WrestleMania And KO did all of the work selling that angle every single week he was on television. Stone Cold didn't make one appearance on television outside of a video package where he said he'd meet KO at WrestleMania. Nothing was official for a match, and a match wasn't even determined upon going into the show. But if Cena wants to wrestle at WrestleMania, and we may get a WrestleMania season without John Cena... I hope whomever he is in the ring with at WrestleMania can do the same thing that Kevin Owens did against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'm sure no matter who it is, it will be fine. Cena is going to be fine. It's not going to be a matter of if he can do it, but the movie schedule is filming through March and February, and hopefully he will be able to make it at WrestleMania. Cena returned to WWE television to celebrate his 20th anniversary with the company this past June on Raw, and was introduced by Vince McMahon. Logan Paul recently asked Triple H for a match with Cena at WrestleMania 39. Now, I am under the belief 
This is just me speaking. My opinion. I was under the impression that John Cena was actually going to wrestle Austin Theory at SummerSlam this year. And the reason why he did not was because Vince McMahon, when Cena was actually there in June for the 20th anniversary, Vince McMahon was going through his uh, investigation. And I don't think John Cena wanted anything to do with WWE with Vince McMahon being investigated because it would be a bad look for John Cena and he didn't want to ruin his standing with anybody and ruin his chances for anything while working with the WWE while all this was going on. So now that Vince is gone, now we can speed up the process and get John Cena to where he needs to be if he wants to be back on WWE television. I'm the type of guy that's going to welcome somebody like John Cena back with open arms because John Cena equals money. John Cena equals legitimacy, and whatever John Cena is going to apply himself to, it is going to be a serious situation. So I'm looking forward to him coming back. And like I said, we may may actually get him announcing that he will be in the Royal Rumble in January. Why the fuck not? Why not? Everybody, everybody wants to be in the Royal Rumble. Everybody wants the main event WrestleMania. Why wouldn't John Cena want that? It's an open field of 30. I hope that's the case. But Cena will be at WrestleMania, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going to have one of the biggest marquee matches on the show. Sasha Banks. Oh, Sasha Banks. Everybody's talking about Mercedes. What is Mercedes going to be doing after 2022 is over? There was a big bombshell news report that Sasha Banks is expected to be at Wrestle Kingdom 17 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That was the first piece of information that we got this week. Sasha Banks is expected in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 17. Mercedes Vernado will be in Japan next month for New Japan's biggest show of the entire year. It is basically their WrestleMania. PW Insider is reporting this and is reporting that she is expected at the show As of this writing, it's unclear whether she will be appearing before the live crowd or just in attendance, but she is being brought in for the actual show. Banks previously teased in October the idea of wrestling former WWE star Kairi Sane in Stardom, a sister company to New Japan Pro Wrestling that recently did a crossover event with the promotion as they crowned Kairi the first ever IWGP Women's Champion. In recent months, Banks has shown photos and videos of her training at various places. Earlier this week, Banks locked down the trademark rights to her real name. That was very bizarre that she went ahead and did that on top of the last set of trademarks that she went out there and got done. Mercedes Monet, statement maker. Banks and Naomi. Haven't been seen on WWE television since May. As previously reported, the talks between Banks and WWE to see her make a return has slowed down due to money. There is no guarantee that she will be back. Now, Banks, I wake up this morning and I talked about this Wrestle Kingdom thing earlier in the week. And I said, if that is the case, good for her. What I said was good for her. But I cannot see Mercedes just leaving WWE without Triple H doing anything and everything to get this woman back into the company. I don't think that's even a possibility. 
Triple H would bend over backwards to keep Mercedes in the company. Now, is it a situation where Mercedes is going to go back to WWE after New Japan? It's always a possibility. It's always a possibility. WWE nowadays is a very different world compared to what it was when Vince McMahon was there. Triple H is a little bit more lenient on letting people do what they want. They want to go film a movie? Go ahead. They want to go play Twitch, stream on Twitch? Go ahead. Be my guest. None of these, you know, the one, none of these small things are an issue anymore. Ridiculous that Vince McMahon never wanted anybody to have fucking fun and be a fucking human being. Is it a situation where she's going to work New Japan and then maybe show up back in the WWE in the Women's Royal Rumble, go into WrestleMania with a storyline? There's always a possibility that she could work WWE and work New Japan at the same time. But the thing is, New Japan Pro Wrestling is a partner to AEW and not WWE. So I don't really know what's going on. I wish I did. I wish I had the fucking news to break to you guys. I love the chance to break what the fuck is going on as it pertains to Mercedes. I've been pretty damn near close on everything as it pertains to what she is doing and what has been going on with her in the last several years. I even mentioned that this was weeks ago that Sasha Banks could potentially be wrestling Kyrie at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, it's not going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom, but who's to say whoever wins that women's championship match at Wrestle Kingdom is looking at Sasha Banks the very next match that they have. But I can't physically see a WWE letting her walk. I can't physically see Paul Levesque saying, okay, I'm not doing anything, you're free to go. That man wants her back in the company. The WWE is better with Sasha Banks in it, but in reality, Sasha Banks does not need WWE. Why wouldn't she want to go back to WWE? That's another question people are at. Why wouldn't she want to go back to WWE? I mean, well, open your fucking eyes. Look at what's going on with Sasha Banks. Why wouldn't she want to go back to WWE? She left in May with Naomi for all the right reasons because the the division was being mishandled and it was being treated like fucking shit. So good on them for both walking out because that takes balls to walk out because your beliefs are so strong that you're willing to just risk it all to walk out and prove a point. Nobody else had the balls to do that in the company. Those two women did. And everybody blames Sasha for it. Everybody blames Sasha for it without one narrative being flipped. Who's to say Naomi wasn't the one pissed off and Sasha followed Naomi out? Why does it, it got to be Sasha walking out and then Naomi tagging along? Don't you think Naomi has a fucking gripe about how she's been booked in WWE over the past several years? Why wouldn't she want to walk out? Nobody came up with that narrative. Only me. Who knows what the story is? WWE is in a position right now where they are actively changing the women's division. The only thing that's really changing in the women's division is the depth of the women's division. More names being brought in. Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, all these fucking women. Tegan Knox just came back to zero reaction. WWE is adding depth to the division. We may end up getting Deanna Perrazzo back in WWE. We may end up getting Chelsea Green 
back in WWE. Rumors are circulating that they are headed there as well. Charlotte Flair is coming back. Nobody wants to see that, but Charlotte Flair is coming back. The depth is there. Change is happening as far as changes to people's names, presentation. We got a women's war games match. Bailey's back. But what has changed? Nothing. Bottom line, when you dig deep down, nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is there's new members in the women's locker room. But that doesn't really have a difference on creative. The creative is still dog shit. Creative sucks. SmackDown may have one of the worst women's divisions in the entire world. Worst. Nothing's coming off on SmackDown as must-see, noteworthy, and, oh my God, I have to go watch the women's division in WWE. Nothing. It's led by a fucking loser in Ronda Rousey who everything she's a part of sucks. She can't speak. She can't talk. She can't wrestle. She can't sell. The fuck is she even there for? Nothing the woman does resonates as important. She's actively killed the division, and she's made the title absolutely fucking worthless to a point where I think I'm begging to see Charlotte Flair back because at least Charlotte Flair is a great wrestler. Ronda Rousey is not. The division sucks. So what would Sasha be walking back into? Nothing has changed since May. In fact, it's gotten worse. Sasha Banks can go and wrestle anybody she wants outside WWE. She needs to go back to WWE to wrestle names that she hasn't wrestled before. Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, right? She can go anywhere in the world and get talent just as good, if not better than that, anywhere else in Japan, in AEW, right? You want Sasha to go to Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Raw is a little bit better. But Monday Night Raw still, creatively, in the women's division, sucks. Damage control sucks. I love Bailey more than anybody, but damage control sucks. Nothing they do is important, and they've been treated like losers. Becky Lynch is back. She's lukewarm. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks had one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. What is she going to do with Bianca that she hasn't done before already? She's made her name. Sasha's done everything. She's won every major championship. She's made a difference. She's the leader of the revolution. She's main evented WrestleMania. What the fuck is she going back for? She'll be walking right back into the same division that she had left. And some of you may look at it as probably being worse. If you're looking at the SmackDown side of things. The tag team division in the WWE is still non-existent. They haven't re remedied that at all. So who's to say Mercedes doesn't want to be there? What if at the end of the day, she spoke to her husband and family and said, guys, I don't want to be there. There's nothing more for me to do. I'm going to go out and venture off and make new memories and gain new knowledge and experience somewhere else. So what? That's a great thing to do. I would actually respect her more than I do now if she said, no, I'm not going back. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go to AEW. I'm going to make a difference somewhere else. I don't see the proper change that is going to be what I want back home. So I'm going to find myself a new home 
and be the difference that I was seven years ago somewhere else. Now, a lot smarter, better than I was then, and I'm going to make a new revolution. Who's to say? So I wake up this morning, and Sasha Banks is reportedly done with the WWE. Literally going and listening to what I just said, now she's done with the WWE. She has every right to be done with the WWE. And it's none of our fucking business. Meltzer spoke about Sasha Banks on the Observer Radio, and he says, the boss is done with the E. Okay, there's a lot to this one, he says. I had talked with WWE about it, and they basically had nothing to say as far as the situation. Now, that doesn't really mean anything to me, because why would WWE tell Dave Meltzer about what's going on as it pertains to Sasha Banks, which is one of the biggest stories going around right now? Why would they divulge information to him to get out to us? If they are being asked, clearly, they're going to remain silent on the situation. Meltzer continues and says, Obviously, we talked about this before. They, the WWE, have been talking to both of them, Naomi and Sasha, but they had been talking to Banks about a return, and they were very far off apart on money. That was the last thing that I had heard. She was asking for a very high number for a WWE female wrestler, but if you look at the amount of money that WWE takes in, she would still be vastly underpaid. Everyone from Roman Reigns to Brock Lesnar is underpaid. That was the last that I heard. Now her contract was set to expire at the end of the year, and WWE apparently is doing nothing about it. They're letting her go. Maybe they think that she's not worth the headache and the risk because she's been so flaky. Sasha Banks wouldn't be fucking flaky if you didn't disrespect her not once, but twice before. How many more times do you have to have this woman on your roster and fucking treat her like shit before she says, you know what, fuck off, I'm not going back. Now here's the fucking thing that people really aren't talking about. If WWE, and this is, I'm going to go back and say this again, I do believe that we are living in a world where Paul Levesque is very concerned. There's no reason here that he doesn't want Sasha Banks back. He doesn't want Sasha to go anywhere else but back to the WWE. But when you read this report about her being done with the company, everybody's claiming, oh, well, she's still on the uh, internal roster page, as if any of you fucking geeks have been backstage, right? Oh, she's listed on the website. Who gives a fuck what's listed on the website? Who gives a shit? If WWE still had possession of Sasha Banks right now, we would be hearing about her contract being frozen. She walked out of the fucking company. Before any contract negotiations to get her release were being conducted, WWE would have frozen her fucking contract for two months before they even started those those discussions. So if she's set to come back, WWE would have frozen her contract and she would still be an employee of WWE. But I'm hearing reports right now that she's done with the company. Before that, we heard... Sasha Banks has got lawyers and she's getting ready to facilitate her contract to initiate a release from the company. WWE would have absolutely, bar none, guaranteed, frozen her contract. She walked out. That's something that I don't really hear a lot of people talking about. Her contract would have been frozen. Meltzer talked about WWE making talent wait out time that they missed despite being at the end of their deals. 
She's going to be at the show. She will be on the show. She will not be wrestling on the show. She has dates booked with New Japan. In her deal, which I believe is not signed, she could still sign with WWE, and this could all fall apart. But she seemed pretty much agreed to their terms. As far as their concern, New Japan, they have a deal. I don't give a shit what Mercedes does as long as the woman is happy. And I said this earlier in the week. You look at the body of work that Mercedes is and the reasons that she left the company. She left the company in the first go-around because creative sucked. They put the fucking tag team titles on the Iconics after they just had given them to Sasha and Bailey to build a division. On what fucking planet? Would anybody have Sasha and Bayley go into WrestleMania and lose to the Iconics? Oh, yeah, that's right. Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You wonder why this woman walked away and took a fucking sabbatical for five months. That would have killed any normal human being in this business. Especially someone that fucking wants this division to be the best that it could be and to make a difference in the fucking revolution that is women's wrestling. You killed her spirit and you killed her love for pro wrestling. Then she comes back and she has a great feud with Becky Lynch. She has a great match with Ronda Rousey, she takes the fucking pandemic era and carries that shit on her back along with Bailey. And then what do they do? How do they repay her? They do what they did in this last go around with the fucking rumors going around that they wanted Naomi and Sasha to split as a tag team while holding the tag team titles as Bianca and Naomi feud, but Sasha stays on SmackDown to feud with Ronda Rousey. They wanted Naomi and Bianca to feud on Raw and Sasha and Ronda to feud on SmackDown with both of the women's tag team champions to put over both current champions. Why? Why? I read a report that WWE wanted Naomi to help get Bianca back to where she needed to be. Whose fucking fault is that? It's not Naomi's fault. Whose fault is that? It's WWE's fault. You're asking Naomi to do something that Sasha Banks already had done, but then you took it and you dropped the ball. And now you're trying to jeopardize and risk their hard work by splitting them up and having Naomi go put over Bianca, which at that point was going to be a fucking moot point anyway because it wasn't going to be. 
How could you ask Naomi to do something that Sasha had already done? Then you want Ronda and Sasha in a title feud, and you want Sasha to put over Ronda. Give me a fucking break, folks, but I don't know if you've been watching this show. Nothing that Ronda is going to do is going to get Ronda where she needs to be. This Ronda is far worse than what we saw in her first go-around. That Ronda actually had a pretty damn good fucking match against Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. You put this same Ronda Rousey, this Ronda Rousey now that we see on television in a match with Sasha Banks, you are not getting anywhere close to that match. It'd be 100% Sasha and 0% Ronda. And then you're going to ask the woman to lose while she just won the tag team championships, wants to rebuild the fucking division that is non-existent, and you want her to lose as a tag team champion. And then you wonder why she walked out creatively. The woman is not a fucking idiot. This is why she walked out. This is why Naomi walked out. You did them dirty. Why would she want to come back? What's actually going on in the tag team division right now that's any different than what was going on when Sasha and Naomi were there? Nothing. They have no tag teams. They just put together Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox out of necessity because they have no fucking tag teams. I understand that Sasha wanted tag team championships in the company, but Jesus fucking Christ, those championships will look better burnt and nothing more than ash. I would love to see the fucking titles just taken and thrown in the trash like the 24-7 title was. They are utterly fucking worthless. They're pointless. But then people are asking, well, why did Sasha Banks walk out of the company? She's nothing more than a fucking diva and a crybaby. Gee, I wonder why. I didn't stutter in anything that I just said. Listen to the fucking shit that I'm telling you. That's the reason why she walked out of the company. Now, I find it very, very difficult to believe that Paul Levesque is just going to let her walk. He's not going to make any effort to bring her back. We could be looking at WWE locking down Sasha Banks anyway, and all of this is non-existent. But I cannot see Paul Levesque not wanting to bring her back. It may be at the end of the day, Mercedes doesn't want to be back there for the reasons that I just mentioned. And I do find it very bizarre that WWE is in this bubble right now, this little this little predicament. Yeah, we got AEW on Wednesday's Dynamite, announcing a fucking tag team match with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter challenging Soraya and a mystery tag team partner. They announced this tag team match four weeks out in Inglewood, California, right outside of Los Angeles for what is going to be one of the biggest dynamites of the entire year for 2023. Why did they announce a tag team match four weeks out and Soraya having a mystery partner? Now, who can this mystery partner be? Sasha Banks did in the news that we read throughout the year. She's not taking anything, any wrestling-related bookings until January of 2023. Now, I don't want to sit here and tell you that she's going to sign with AEW, but I find it very difficult to sit here and think that it may be Sasha Banks and... I just can't see how it is anybody else, honestly. Just thinking out loud. Think about this tag team match. Now, if you're AEW and you're choosing a mystery partner for Soraya, right? Who's it going to be? Chris Statlander? 
Announcing a tag team match four weeks out for the return of Chris Statlander is utterly disappointing, and I'm a big Statlander guy. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa's great, but she's not worth a four-week fucking announcement. That's a letdown. Tony Storm? Fuck out of here. If it's any one of those names, it is not going to resonate at all, and it's going to be, oh, well, there you go. On to the next segment. Nobody cares. The fact that they announced this match four weeks out, I feel like it's got to be a big name. Could it be Soraya? Maybe. Uh, Soraya and Sasha, Mercedes? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I know Sasha in AEW would be an absolute game changer. Would it immediately remedy what's wrong with that division? No, it would not. Work still needs to be done, but Sasha's going to be on television more so than a Soraya would be. They would finally have a leader in that locker room to go and do the right thing that is for women's wrestling. And Sasha would bring a fan base that is a very rabid one to AEW. And I'll get to that in a second. But the AEW talent is very excited about Sasha Banks possibly joining the company as well. With all the news surrounding Mercedes and Wrestle Kingdom, all these rumors now are adding to the fuel, to the fire that she is going elsewhere and she will be leaving WWE. Several weeks back, Fightful reported that WrestleCade tried to book her, but they were told that she was not taking any bookings until after January 1st. Whatever Banks has lined up for the next year, it looks like wrestling fans will see more of her, and the rumors are that she may land in AEW. Now, nothing is confirmed, but many fans are speculating that she will be the person brought in by Soraya to team with her against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. There was also rumors going around that Bow Wow may bring her in to wrestle Jade Cargill for the TBS championship, and that is just awful. I would not want that if I'm Mercedes. That is just an awful plan, and I don't even know what the fuck they're doing with that. Honestly, I hope they get rid of that storyline because it's an absolute fucking deplorable and waste of time storyline. Nobody gives a fuck about the TBS title and Jade Cargill and some fucking F-list rapper like Bow Wow. So, Fightful is reporting that they asked about Banks' status with the WWE after heavy promotion for this new USA show, Barmageddon, with the former TRL MTV co-host there, Carson Daly. Looks like a decent show. Maybe I could take some inspiration from that show and gather some ideas for my mother's basement. Jay Cargill's on the VIP list. She'll be the first in line to get involved. Love it. Her inclusion, this is a USA show, by the way. Banks is one of the guest stars on this show for one of the episodes, and she's featured in commercials that air during Raw. Her inclusion in the commercials does not necessarily reflect on her WWE status because the show is not produced by WWE, and the show was taped before Banks had her falling out with Vince McMahon. Fightful reported that those spoken with in WWE were not aware of any change or update on her status. WrestlingNews.co reported in August that a deal had been reached between Banks and WWE, but Dave Meltzer later reported that the talks stalled at some point because both sides were not on the same page in regards to money. 
It was also noted by Fightful that the people in AEW are said to be excited about the possibility of Banks coming in, and it would mean that there's another anchor for that women's division, and she would absolutely help boost viewership. She could end up in AEW. She could. I don't know where she's going. Like I said before, I wish that I did. At the end of all this, she could work New Japan. It could be one of those deals where Triple H locked her down and we're all being played like a fiddle. Triple H locked her down. She goes and wrestles New Japan. She can't go to New Japan because they don't have a partnership with WWE. She needs to trademark a new IP and she has come up with Mercedes Monet or she trademarked her own fucking name, Mercedes Varnado. She's going to show up as Mercedes something for New Japan. She can't show up as Sasha Banks because she is Sasha Banks in WWE and WWE does not have a partnership with New Japan. She could work New Japan uh, based on this contract with Triple H and WWE. She can go and do whatever she wants, and then she'll be back home for the Royal Rumble and the start of WrestleMania season. WWE may not even be involved. She may be done with the WWE, like the report from today suggested. And the reason why she trademarked these names is because Sasha Banks can't be Sasha Banks anymore. WWE owns the IP and owns the trademark. She's going to come up with a new identity. So she may be leaving WWE in the dust here, and Mercedes Monet or Mercedes Varnado is going to be what she's going to be called moving forward. We don't know. AEW doesn't have a problem with people using their real names. That's also what I found interesting. She trademarked Mercedes Varnado. Why would somebody go and trademark their own name? So AEW has no problem with people coming in using their own real names. She may be trademarking her own name to work AEW. AEW is going to be a possibility. Do not shove it off to the side somewhere. She could end up being Soraya's tag team partner. Do I want that to happen? I don't care either way if she stays in WWE or she goes to AEW. At the end of the day, I just want the woman to be happy. At the end of the day, I would like these stories to fucking come to an end because I'm sick and tired of talking about it and reading about it. It's filling our timelines and there's no new information out there. All the information that I gave you here is basically what's been reported in the last week or so with my opinion on top of it. I'm tired of it. I just want to see her wrestle. I just want to see her happy. I want to see someone do right by her and book her in something meaningful because it's been a very long time that we've seen Sasha Banks in anything meaningful. And the Bianca storyline was garbage. The match itself was better than anything that they produced on TV. I just want her to be happy. I don't care where she goes. She can end up in WWE. She can end up in AEW. At the end of the day, We should all want her to be happy. And I will say this in closing. I see a lot of people talking on social media. Oh, I'm done with Sasha Banks if she goes to AEW. Oh, Sasha Banks is a bitch and this and that. All these different fucking narratives. If you are a Sasha Banks fanatic, if you are one of these super geeks out there and you do not support Sasha Banks in whatever she may do in 2023, if it's in AEW, if it's in New Japan, if it's in WWE, if she doesn't go back to WWE at all for 2023, if you are not supporting Sasha Banks after years and years of support, you were never in support of Mercedes to begin with. This situation is going to 
yield a lot of hypocritical pro wrestling accounts in the IWC. A lot of Sasha super fanatic accounts on social media. I'm sorry you didn't get what you wanted, but who the fuck are you to say anything about one other woman in Mercedes doing what she wants to do to go out there and find happiness and make the most money that she can for her and her husband? If you don't like it, tough shit. You should still support the woman no matter what she does. I have a lot of feelings about this, and I have a lot about what I'm about to see. I I just feel like we're going to see a lot of people drop off and really show their true colors in regards to Mercedes. And I would hope that's not the case because at the end of the day, you were never a fan to begin with. It's going to be something that we're closely monitoring. It could be one or the other. I can't see Triple H just giving up on her, but I could also see the fact that she don't want to go back there and she's going to go where the money is. And that may be AEW. Impact is not paying her. MLW is not paying her. New Japan doesn't have the money to pay her. You know who has the money to pay her what the fuck she's looking for? Tony Khan has the money to pay her what the fuck she's looking for. And if Tony Khan sees Mercedes gauging any interest in AEW, you can guarantee fucking see that Tony Khan is going to open up his checkbook and it's going to be blank. And he's going to look at Mercedes in the eyes and say, how much? She's going to give him a number. He's going to say, deal. That's what's going to happen. The possibility of that is very real. I need you to understand that. Let's check the chat. We got 2,000 people in the venue. Thank you guys very much, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We're looking at 607 likes right now. I'd love if you guys are in the chat to get that number up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum tonight on OTS 456 as we get into this next story about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens apparently is coming out of war games, still banged up. He's coming out of war games, pretty banged up. And right now, Kevin Owens, he's got knee issues. Kevin Owens is still dealing with knee issues. He was on the Corey Graves podcast after the bell talking about some days I wake up, some days I'm all right. Some days I wake up and I feel like shit. So I'm going to sit here and tell you again that I don't think Kevin Owens needs to be in match after match after match, week after week after week on WWE television. There's no need for that, especially when we're going into a major storyline with a conclusion like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns, the one that Kevin Owens and, you know, Sami Zayn are going to be feuding with here. Kevin Owens more than likely going to be the one to challenge Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Universal and WWE Championships. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns going into Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns right now is also injured. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre are also injured. They have busted eardrums, ruptured eardrums. And Kevin Owens dealing with knee injuries. Roman Reigns out with an eardrum issue. Drew McIntyre out with an eardrum issue. Hopefully things get calmer as the weeks go on. Drew McIntyre set to come back for the holiday tour at the end of the month. Roman Reigns is set to be on Friday Night SmackDown going into this week's show. Kevin Owens, hopefully, WWE limits him on what he does on television. He doesn't need to be there every single week. So hopefully WWE does calm down with these stories, uh, or the injuries, rather, because I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, why is Kevin Owens wrestling and he's got bummed up knees? Nobody wants that. 
So make sure you guys uh, keep a close eye on Kevin Owens because I've been pushing that narrative. I do not want to see him get worse. WWE should really, really strategize here and take him off television when he's not really needed. He doesn't need to wrestle every single week. Kevin Owens is not magically going to change the vibe on Monday Night Raw. NXT. Let's shift gears to NXT. WWE apparently is going back on the road, leaving the Performance Center for premium live events. WrestleVotes reported this week that Vengeance Day, their first premium live event in 2023, will take place in Charlotte, North Carolina. WrestleVotes tweeted, hearing some great news out of the PC this week. Source states, NXT is returning on the road for their future premium live events, starting with Vengeance Day on February 4th from Charlotte, North Carolina. There's no word yet on which venue will be hosting the show. I believe they did announce that. And it will be the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, on February 4th, 2023. Tickets go on sale if you're in the area and want to go see NXT Live next Friday at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster.com. Shawn Michaels, he spoke about this and had the following to say about this move. He says, and I quote, at the forefront, I'm more focused on developmental and developing young men and women that we have passed through here and getting them prepared for the main roster. In the process, if we are able to build back this brand where we can get back into those arenas and start selling them out, that's a bonus. I can't say, honestly, that's the goal right now. To me, I'm focused on the development of these young men and women. But I tell you, the more people we get that have experience that can filter through our system, it's only going to help. Vengeance Day will mark the first premium live event that NXT has since February 2020 that was TakeOver Portland, I believe. The first NXT pay-per-view since February 20th that was outside of the Performance Center. Every show since then has been inside the WWE Performance Center. And Shawn Michaels said this also in addition to this. For more than two years, we've heard the requests from the WWE Universe to bring back NXT to the road, and that day has finally arrived. Vengeance Day, we look forward to delivering an incredible night of action that our fans in Charlotte and those watching live around the world will never forget. PR garbage. That we'll never forget. Um, This is a great move. NXT being taken out of the Performance Center for a premium live event is a great move. Is it going to bring back the show to make it feel like a takeover? No. No, it will not. These shows do nothing as far as, you know, giving me a sense of, oh, my God, NXT is coming back. Oh, my God, TakeOver is back. There may be a match here and a match there that has that TakeOver-like essence, that TakeOver-like feel, but it'll never get back to that. Last night, Deadline, I thought was a very good show. I thought the Iron Survivor Challenge matches were very good. I think it's something that I'd like to see every year. I thought... What they did for the men and women's matches really worked. But moving this show outside of the Performance Center and into a different state, a different city, is going to do wonders. That full-sale crowd was fucking great. This PC crowd sucks. And I love how people love to tell, oh, it's the same crowd. No, it's not. Nowhere near the same fucking crowd. You mean to tell me that the same people that watch Black and Gold watched this fucking horrendous garbage on a weekly basis? You gotta be fucking kidding me. 
Those people migrated to Jacksonville, and those people are now watching AEW. AEW is more black and gold than what NXT currently is to black and gold. Those are not the same people. Those fucking geeks in the performance center, I could take a steaming fucking wet dump in the middle of the ring, and they'd be chanting, fight forever. They'd be cheering like crazy. They'd cheer for anything. This is awesome for a fucking headlock with that crowd. It is so easy to get them excited about literally anything. They pop for anything, man. That is the most casual of casual, casual audiences. That is not a full sale crowd. Full sale was tough. If something sucked, they let you know. This crowd is not full sale. Those people who watch Black and Gold are no longer watching this NXT, and they are not traveling to the Performance Center to watch this current version of NXT. Those people are gone. So please, do not ever tell me that they are the same fucking people. This is a great move. This is going to be a very good move to get this brand and this product in front of fresh eyes and ears that don't sit there weekly to digest it. It is going to be very, very interesting to see how a new audience takes to what NXT is producing. That alone is worth the price of admission. We got a former AEW Impact star getting a tryout with WWE. PW Insider reported this week that there are tryouts that happened this week inside the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Among the names getting tryouts this week are Casey Navarro and Kylie Ray. Former AEW, NWA, and Impact female superstar. Ray has wrestled for several major promotions, and she was one of the early names signed in 2019 when AEW first launched. Her time in the company was short due to personal issues. She never returned. In 2021, Ray pulled out of scheduled bookings to address her issues with alcohol. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I will not be able to perform at Freelance Underground and NWA this weekend, she said back in 2021. Unfortunately, I found myself in a relapse situation and need some time for recovery. This has been going on since late August and has gradually regressed since then. I tried holding this in and working through the pain, doing my best to fulfill commitments, but it's become too much and needed help. I've been having a different time differentiating what is real and what is fake, especially in these types of environments. Regretfully, I tried masking the pain through marijuana and alcohol. I tried to be as open as I can with all of you about my mental health struggles, but I was not being honest with the unhealthy coping mechanisms I have adapted. For that, I am deeply sorry. Graciously, with all the help of loved ones, I've been working towards sobriety again. I was hoping things would get better by that weekend, but this didn't seem to be a quick fix. At this time, I'm seeking further help, and I'm hoping to come back a healthier version of myself. I wanted to apologize for any issues this causes, I wanted to thank companies like Freelance, NWA, AAW for being so understanding and my patient and patient through this time. Moving forward, I would like to express my gratitude for all of you and the continuous support and compassion you have given me. Whether you were able to understand or not, I have always felt your empathy, and I can't thank you enough for that. With love, always, Kylie Ray. Ray has been active on the independent scene, and those who know her are of the impression that she's in a much better place mentally these days. So I could easily see her signed to WWE. She was very good when we first saw her. She just had the look that could easily attract a viewer watching at home or 
somebody watching the show in attendance. She had a very bubbly personality. They, 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 they compared her a lot to Bailey. They did. I did not know that. Whatever I read to you just now, I did not know that about Kylie Ray. I did not know she had alcohol problems. And anybody that knows me knows that I, I deal with family, uh, and they have alcohol problems, and it is a very difficult situation to handle. So the fact that she understood, the fact that she saw that there was a problem and took the steps to try and remedy those problems and put a stop to them to try and go get better, to try and go get help, that is the biggest thing that she could have possibly done. The fact that she did that on her own and she put out a statement addressing that she feels the need that she needs to step away to go deal with these issues because she wants to be in a better place and she wants to continue wrestling for us, that is respectable. Just by that alone with the situation that she has been in, if she makes it to television, she's got a number one fan in me right there. That is a tough thing to do. I can't even begin to tell you how fucking tough it is to do because I'm dealing with it right now with my own family. The more you want to change, the more that you realize that you can't. And it's very difficult trying to get people to understand that they may need help. I've never seen alcoholism destroy somebody so badly than I have this year. It is a ridiculous, ridiculously difficult situation. And I would not put anybody that I know in that situation ever. Ever. So the fact that she understood she had a problem and went to go seek help, there you go. And I hope that you all are in the same boat as me if Kylie Ray comes back to television, that you'll be there supporting her because of now you know what she's been through. Casey Navarro, I've seen Casey Navarro wrestle in the Indies. I've seen him wrestle in MLW. I've seen him wrestle in Impact. I've seen him wrestle for House of Glory. He is tremendous. He's got a great look. He reminds me a lot of Ricky Starks with the way he comes out, the bravado, the cockiness, the flamboyance. He's a great promo. He is very good in the ring. He's, on, he's a little on the shorter side. I believe he's like five foot three, five foot four. I believe. I, I, may, I may be ballparking ball it there, you know, but uh, he's very good. And if someone like Carmelo Hayes is about to get called up to the main roster, somebody that could fill his shoes easily on NXT could be a Casey Navarro. Very similar in what they do in the ring. There's no doubt in my mind that when they get a tryout, Triple H is signing him immediately. Same thing with Kylie Ray. So good luck to both of them. Shift gears to AEW. Tony Khan. He announced at the end of Final Battle that Ring of Honor's weekly television show will air on Honor Club. No start date was announced. But Tony Khan expects New Japan Pro Wrestling to heavily be involved. Really? But Sasha Banks is going to New Japan, right? I don't see WWE having a close-knit partnership with New Japan, right? So what does that mean? If Sasha Banks is working New Japan, then she's working with a company that has close-knit ties to AEW. Just keep that in the back of your mind. The potential for that to happen is very likely. I'm not saying that it will, but it's very likely. I gauged around social media in regards to this news story that came out of the media scrum after Final Battle. People are very, very mixed as far as the reaction is concerned. Ring of Honor's weekly television show is something that needs to take place. It needs to be taken off of Dynamite It needs to be taken off of Rampage. 
and it needs to be given its own show. They need their own show, their own dedicated roster, and they need to have their championships on their show away from everything AEW. Outside of Chris Jericho and what he's done, I don't really give a shit about anything Ring of Honor on Dynamite. Jericho's run has been tremendous. But we need them to be a separate entity. Ring of Honor, TV show, talked about at the media scrum by Tony Khan. He revealed the news at the press conference on Saturday. Khan didn't provide any details or plans or start date for when that weekly television show would begin, but expects news to start coming out after New Japan Pro Wrestling does Wrestle Kingdom in early January. The reason for that is Tony Khan expects New Japan Pro Wrestling to be involved heavily in the project, and he's going to be talking to them about it. So I get two things out of this. Number one, Tony Khan wants to talk to New Japan about a Ring of Honor partnership once again. Why? Does Tony Khan sit here and think that Ring of Honor is not going to be able to exist on its own with a TV product or with a, with a TV show on its own on a Warner Media outlet. That's the vibe that I get. Tony Khan basically is saying, yeah, I want New Japan involved. I want to see what they have to say about it. We're going to get them involved, and I'm going to talk to them about it, and there's plans that are going to be possibly revealed after Wrestle Kingdom. Tony Khan is basically telling you without telling you that Ring of Honor, as its own show, is not going to be able to sustain a TV deal. It will never be able to acquire a TV deal on its own. The pot will be sweetened with a New Japan inclusion into this, and he's going to try and sell Ring of Honor with New Japan. That's a fail right there. That's basically Tony Khan telling you that Ring of Honor is going to need major, major help. And that the brand may be dead on arrival because nobody wants it. We can't be doing these fucking shows every, every quarter and then having them show up on Dynamite to sell these shows. No. If, you go, if you're going to do one thing here, I would love for it to be a TV show on its own. New Japan included, I would love it. I think that would be great for some people here in the United States who don't get a sense of New Japan, that don't get New Japan. But if we have to continue doing the current formula right now, honestly, at the end of the day, I would just rather Ring of Honor go away. And he should eat his losses. This, to me, is a fail right out of the gate. He's basically telling you that Ring of Honor will not be able to stand on its own two feet with a TV deal without any help. Khan said he wanted to take advantage of the development work that former owner Sinclair Broadcasting funded on the technology behind Honor Club that his team finished off. The service now available for $9.99 has their complete archive available with future pay-per-views including Final Battle moving to Honor Club after 90 days following their pay-per-view live feed. So as soon as the pay-per-view goes off the air that night, you have 90 days, and they will be uploaded to Honor Club. Khan says he is going to keep the existing relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery and Bleacher Report to keep airing pay-per-views based on the success thus far with them. Khan says he expected some talent to remain exclusive with Ring of Honor and also has involvement from other promotions like New Japan. He also mentioned his relationships with DDT and Noah and mentioned having a luchador presence as well. So, He's trying to bundle a Ring of Honor TV package with ROH, New Japan, DDT, and NOAA. And probably stardom. 
because I think there was a news article way back when that Tony Khan was possibly linking up with one of the female Japanese wrestling promotions as well. Shimmer or Shine or one of, one of them. I don't know which one, but there's a absolute necessity for him to get the show on television. I just don't think it's going to happen on its own. I don't. Now, having the show air on Honor Club, that's a fail. Now, I got to spend another $9.99 to watch a Ring of Honor TV show weekly that is on their app that we need to pay $9.99 for a month. It's not on Warner. It's not on TNT. It's not on TBS. This is a fail. Who's going to watch Ring of Honor TV on Honor Club? How much audience are you going to get by having them go out and get the app? How many people are legitimately going to be tuning into a weekly Ring of Honor television show via Honor Club for $9.99 a month? Barely anybody. Now, the other thing I said last night, Ring of Honor is wanting to team up with New Japan here. Maybe, maybe Ring of Honor will end up on Axis following Impact on Thursday night. We got Impact from 8 to 10. Then we got New Japan from 10 to 11. Maybe we get Ring of Honor at 11 to 12 on Thursday. Fail. So any way you look at it, utterly disappointing with this Ring of Honor Honor Club announcement. It's something in the interim. He's working towards something better. But right now, people are not really impressed, and they're not holding their breath breath for another better announcement. Honor Club or Axis is what I'm getting here. Trying to ride the coattails of New Japan because Ring of Honor, like I said, can't stand on its own two feet. I don't know what would be best for Ring of Honor. There really isn't a prime slot for it anyway. When's it going to happen if somebody wants to give it a decent time slot on cable? Who's going to take it? Monday night between 7 and 8 before Monday Night Raw would be a great lead-in. But I don't want more wrestling on Monday than I have to digest already. Tuesday before NXT, I would rather watch Ring of Honor than NXT anyway. You want to do 7 to 8 on Tuesday night as a lead into NXT? Fine. I would take that. Wednesday night's Dynamite. Thursday, you got Thursday night football. He's not going to actively compete with Thursday night football for 17 weeks out of the fucking year. Friday, you could do 7 to 8 right into SmackDown. Saturday, Saturday could be a time that it could work, right? 7 to 8 or 6.05 p.m. on Saturday, like the old WCW Saturday night. There's no real way you can look at this and find a decent slot for Ring of Honor to exist on its own. There's just so much other shit going on. You got basketball, you got football, you got baseball in October on television with TNT and TBS being MLB partners. It's going to get destroyed. It's going to get swallowed up, no matter how you look at it. How many people are out there that are genuinely interested in a Ring of Honor weekly television program? Me, I'd love it. I'd get more content out of it. I'd get a new show, a new live stream. We talk about it. They put on a damn good fucking product. Final Battle was great. But how many times can we sit here not wanting to see Ring of Honor on Dynamite, then we get the pay-per-view and everybody's like, oh my God, I can't wait for more Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's great. Something needs to be done. The announcement was not really one of hope. Honor Club is not going to work. Access TV is not going to work. 
And basically, he admitted Ring of Honor is not going to be able to stand on its own without the help of DDT, Noah, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're not looking good right now. He's trying to remain hopeful, but it's not looking good. Other news and notes from the press conference. He was asked why Cole Cabana wasn't on the show. Khan says he is injured or else he would have been. He did say Cabana was working backstage as a coach during final battle. Even though he was in the crowd, Khan said Trent Seven is not under contract and is on a per-appearance deal. He put over the match Seven out with Orange Cassidy on Rampage, which I did not see. And he said the Briscoes and FTR was one of the best trilogies in wrestling history. He was asked why it wasn't in the main event and deferred to talking about how great he thought Claudio and Jericho was in the main event. Jericho's been on Dynamite every week with the Ring of Honor Championship and it is the Ring of Honor World title. It's the most important title in the company. Of course, that should have been in the main event. FTR and the Briscoes was not the biggest championship match on the show. Claudio and Jericho have been building for weeks. That match was made on Friday or Wednesday. Give me a break. Is it one of the best trilogies in pro wrestling history? Yes. It is going to be very difficult to find three matches that are of that caliber. The only thing that I could think of off the top of my head are anything Shawn Michaels and Undertaker related or Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Recently. AEW, they finally addressed the William Regal situation. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine. EC3 made claims about William Regal that AEW said were not true. BJ Bethel of SE Scoops reported that several AEW sources said the claims made by EC3 about Regal are not true and blasted Ethan Carter for floating it out there. One source described it as completely inaccurate. Another source noted that EC3 uh, was frustrated because he did not land a job with AEW and neither him or Vince Russo have ever been with the company. The report cited a source who stated that there was no formal coaching session where it was something that was scheduled or anything like that because the report went around saying that people had turned down William Regal when he was trying to speak to them and give them advice. People would mock him and shun him and they would not go and listen to him when he had something to say. There was no formal coaching session where it was something that was scheduled or anything like that. Usually he would go down to the ring to help someone and word would spread like, hey, Regal, he's down at the ring. This same source continued by noting that Dustin Rhodes trains younger women's wrestlers on the roster and also said that Brian Danielson has worked with people regularly and the sessions included talent that appeared regularly on Dynamite or Rampage. I can't believe this is a story, said one AEW source. It's complete bullshit. There was never some schedule you had to be down at the ring and people blew it off and Regal was never going to flat out tell someone that they had to come to the ring so he can coach them. Regal would work with somebody. People would go down and show up. A lot of people took advantage of it. Other veterans do it all the time. It's always the younger women and men. Sometimes someone would work with someone else one-on-one. Other times there could be quite a few people down there. It was totally informal. Another source noted that William Regal would sit and talk with guys from sitting in the stands to get a fan's point of view. The person praised Regal for being nice to the camera guys because he knew that they made the talent look good on television. That was the original report. I had people in my DM, notable people in my DMs that claimed that I was spreading misinformation about this. I'm not. I took this from 
several outlets. This EC3 interview was done by Sportskeeda. Give me a break. I only report what I see and hear on the internet. I have no fucking sources whatsoever. I'm not a journalist. I don't have sources, and I have an opinion. That's all I have. Give me a fucking break. I'm a YouTube content creator trying to survive in a fucking watered-down market of fucking podcasts trying to survive and hold my breath above air in this community that everybody's trying to get a name in. That's what I'm trying to do. I have a fucking opinion. I'm a content creator. I make content online. I can't be faulted for my fucking opinion at the end of the day. Now, I did look at this as a big L for AEW. If, I said, if it was true, it was a big L. Tony Khan came out. I was on the media call right before final battle this week. Tony Khan opened the fucking phone lines, and he did not give anybody a question until he had something to say about the William Regal storyline. He talked about that and why he let William Regal out of his AEW contract. He addressed this during the Ring of Honor final battle uh, conference call before the show. He addressed this, and as previously reported, Regal's returning to WWE after the new year when his contract is expiring with AEW this month where he will be working in a backstage role with Triple H. So he's basically going to be taking over uh, right back where he left off when they fired him. That's where he's going to be. Regal turned on John Moxley by costing him the AW world title by aiding MJF at full gear. The world heavyweight champion attacked Regal last week on Dynamite, which was done to write him off television. Now, the final battle media scrum, Tony Khan addressed William Regal's departure from the promotion. Khan revealed that his mother suffered a stroke between All Out and Grand Slam. That was back in September. She is improving, and after getting treatment, she was showing signs of improvement. Had a second stroke around the time of his birthday. Khan learned around this time that Regal approached Mega, who is part of AEW's legal team, with a request for the promotion to not renew his contract as he wanted to return to WWE, where his son is working, and to coach alongside some of his old friends in his golden years. Khan said that this happened when doctors found a spot on his mom's heart that they thought surgery to fix, or would fix, and help prevent future strokes from happening in the future. On October 16th, William Regal sent him a message asking to talk while Khan was at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida, next to his mother. Khan noted that they had a good talk but needed to consider Regal's request and decided that major changes would need to be made in order to accommodate his request. Tony Khan wished Regal the best in his future, and they talked as recently as this week. Tony Khan noted that they both enjoyed their time together, but Regal is not gone just yet from the company. He said he felt it was the best thing to do for Regal. He added that he wouldn't be able to fulfill every similar situation for a family reunion, Always happy to do that in this case. Tony Khan actually said on the call, the conference call with media, that after seeing what he had to go through with his mother, he had to be taken away from all his priorities with AEW and the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? He said he would never, after seeing what happened with his mother, keep a father from his son. He could not do it. So they talked, 
They gained mutual respect for one another. He let him out of his contract. I'm sure that there'll be a non-compete clause attached to that. I don't know how long the non-compete will be. Will it be 30 days? Will it be 90 days? I'm hearing some people say it's a full year. I don't know why it's that big of a deal. That's a little excessive if you ask me. I'm sure there'll be a non-compete clause or a no TV clause on that. He can't appear on television type deal attached to this release. Who cares? Who cares? At the end of the day, William Regal is back home. William Regal is back there working with Triple H. And Tony Khan and William Regal ended things on good terms as Tony Khan showed how classy he can be at the end of the day. He handled this very well. Now, the thing is, I came on here and said, you know, for all the people that reached into my DMs and for all the people that wanted to say, oh, you're spreading misinformation and this and that, why don't we just fucking wait to see what the real story is? We are content creators. We make content as it comes through. We report everything that Meltzer and Sap and Mike Johnson and all these other fucking geeks in the community give us. It's not a big deal. We get content from everybody else that's reporting it, and everybody that we got it from was wrong on this. I got it from Justin Labar. A lot of different people heard the same fucking thing. And then in typical defensive mode that AEW loves to fucking go and do, they want to go out there and reach into everybody's fucking mentions and say, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong, that's not right, how dare you stop spreading misinformation, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you don't want that to happen, why don't you just get the fucking true story out there without trying to backtrack on everything and keeping tabs on everybody in the fucking community? We're just basing our opinion off of the reports that they have been given. If you don't want that type of information out there, maybe you should come out and dead the situation early. Or better yet, if you want the fucking information out there that you want out there, my DMs are open. Give me whatever the fuck you need, and I'll get it out there to everybody who wants to listen. Tony Khan had to go out on the media call and address this situation to take away from all of the final battle hype to talk about William Regal. Now, I'm glad that he did. But it got to a point where people were like, this is happening, that's happening, and AEW was getting pissed off about it, management was getting pissed off, called it bullshit. If you don't want it to get to that point, then maybe you should get the information out there so that the truth is out there so you don't have to go and fucking babysit everybody in the community. Tony Khan handled this with class. He handled the Regal situation with class. Now, the explanation by William Regal on this past Wednesday's Dynamite I didn't really understand what he was trying to say. He wanted to teach John Moxley a lesson and keep your eyes in the back of your head and blah, 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 and all this other shit. The final lesson that he could teach him, right? I don't know why we got the segment that we got on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. AEW probably would have been better off if they just had William Regal say nothing. That was it. The write-off itself, the attack by MJF and the stretcher job with William Regal bleeding on the way out as he was loaded into an ambulance, that was all you needed. They were better off saying nothing in regards to William Regal. They just had him come on television the next week in a pre-taped segment that happened before the attack to make things a little bit more convoluted. Everybody was like, what? Even John Moxley was in the ring. What? What did he just say? They were better off not even doing anything. Sometimes less is more. 
It's a valuable lesson that they still have yet to learn, AEW. But he handled it with class. Now, if you're a fan of William Regal's podcast, that's ending. William Regal's podcast is ending ahead of a WWE return. Matt Kuhn, co-host of the Gentleman's Villains podcast, said that William Regal will no longer be doing his podcast. Mr. Regal is no longer doing the podcast. We have three episodes left. This is one of them. Next week, we have something very special. Mr. Regal sent me an email a while ago. This email was something he made a while ago called the do's and don'ts of professional wrestling. It's a list. It's a long list of things wrestlers should do and wrestlers shouldn't do. Maybe with a guest next week. I'm going to talk about that. The following week, we're going to have a little preview into a new podcast. We call it my new podcast, but it's not really. But someone much bigger, much more famous, much bigger in the wrestling world, much more current person that is going to have a podcast on ad-free shows slash podcast heat. And that show is going to be on this feed. So if you, if you subscribe to this show, just hang tight. Listen to it. We're not saying who it is yet. It's me. It's me. I'm, I'm the much more famous, much bigger name in the wrestling world, much more current person going to have a podcast on ad-free shows. It's me. Now, I'm only kidding. John Alba, good dude, is John Alba, who was on the guest uh, side of things today on, on the episode that aired last, said it's going to be different, but it's going to be with someone who loves pro wrestling the same way that William Regal loves pro wrestling. I think that for those who love the performance art of professional wrestling and appreciate the levels of storytelling that go into every single match and every single performance, this is going to be a dream type of podcast for you as a consumer, and it's somebody that I personally have had lengthy conversations with about that. I could listen to him talk for hours. You just feel that passion. I think your listeners are in for a real treat. Boy, they're really hyping this thing up, huh? They're showing William Regal the door, and they're hyping up this much bigger name that's going to take his place. Oh, boy. I wonder who it's going to be. So William Regal's podcast, if you are a fan of his uh, Gentleman Villain podcast, that is going away as he's going right back to work for Paul Levesque. Miro, where the fuck is Miro, TK? Where's Miro? Apparently Miro is not on AEW television, and there's a reason. Wrestling fans have been wondering where he's been. Fightful Select reports that Miro is healthy and wants to work. However, the report stated that Creative simply doesn't have anything for him. Creative simply hasn't been presented for him. Now, the last time Miro... Had a match. He was out all out. He teamed with Sting and Darby Allen to beat the House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi. Hasn't had any time on television, barely this year. Four matches he's had all year. Fightful was told that there were plans to have creative conversations, but those have not happened as of yet. Now, Miro reportedly declined a creative idea that AEW had for him, and that is one of the main reasons why he hasn't been on television. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter added to this story and noted that the board uh, on F4W Online was talking about Miro. He, he added this to the message boards and said that AEW presented plans, but he didn't like what was pitched and turned them down. So AEW has kept him off television until they can agree on creative. A person wrote on the board, it is completely ridiculous. Creative is nothing for this guy. Meltzer responded to that by writing this, and I quote, that was completely untrue. There was a creative idea for him. He didn't want it. They moved on until after the pay-per-view. 
They are talking new ideas right now. His idea was better than what Ethan Page got as far as where he'd be pushed, and Page didn't get his idea. But the difference is Ethan Page was seemingly on board with being the guy who wins a bunch, talks a bunch, sets up the guy getting the title shot in the end, and that's why he got all over TV. So Miro didn't want that. Miro's way beyond that. Ethan Page just wanted the TV time. Miro's booking in AEW has received a lot of criticism amongst, a, amongst AEW fans after he had a strong 2001. Miro only, like I said, has had four matches so far this year. I never want to hear this again in any aspect when it comes to a talent like Miro. No creative. No creative. AEW pitched one creative idea for him and he turned it down. So where are the list of creative ideas that you pitched along to him? If he turned down one, you should be able to compromise on a few others that you bring to the table in that discussion you had with Miro. So I'm under the impression that was only talked about here. One creative plan was talked about with Miro. I don't get it. Put the guy on fucking television and have him win matches until you come up with something. Here we are as a fan base wondering, what is TK doing? Where is he? Is he hurt? Is he filming a movie? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? You signed him. How are you getting a return on your investment if he's sitting at home? That's the part that baffles me most. You pay this guy to do what exactly? He's making money by basically sitting on his ass. Instead of putting him on the show and putting him in the fucking ring, you are getting absolutely nothing back on Miro. I don't get it. AEW can have such a great core nucleus on television, and they refuse to use guys like Miro, refuse to use guys like Black, refuse to use guys like, you know, Wardlow in meaningful ways. These guys should be all over the show, all over. Once upon a time, we were talking about how great AEW creative was and how fresh it was compared to what we were watching on WWE television. Now, in year three, going on year four, we're seeing little things here and there that remind me a lot of the way Vince McMahon used to do things. No compete clauses. And Miro has no creative. I don't want to hear that. I don't. That's lazy. Oh, we gave him one creative idea and he turned it down. Okay, you should attack this guy with multiple creative ideas. Doesn't sound like you want him on TV if you ask me. Lazy. It really does sound like they don't even want him on TV. Oh, we got enough guys to fill his spot. We don't need someone like Miro. We got a thousand other fucking guys that we're not using. I don't want to hear anybody in any promotion telling me I got no creative. You're not trying hard enough. You should never get to a point where you're not trying hard enough with what you're doing. You should want him on television because the fans have been asking and the fans want to see him. Maybe if guys were on Miro, maybe if guys like Miro were on television, maybe the show would be a lot better off in the ratings. Just saying. Thunder Rosa. News on her injury update. Rosa was sidelined in August to a back injury after being pulled from her AEW women's title defense, then against Tony Storm and All Out. The promotion had an interim title made, which was won by Tony Storm. Rosa relinquished the title on November 23rd. 
And they made Jamie Hader the official women's champion after she beat Tony Storm at full gear. So Thunder Rosa shared the latest on her recovery in a video she posted on this Sunday, this past Sunday. At the beginning of the video, she talked about 2023 being a big year for her. She says, we're working really hard to continue to be positive because 2023 is a year of rebuilding. I'm not just talking about rebuilding a character. I'm talking about rebuilding my body and spirit. Rosa said that she's been able to resume lifting weights, but has still not been able to get back in the ring as of yet. She says the recovery is going well. This week, I was able to just do squats with a two-pound dumbbell. I haven't done any lifting for the last four or five months, so this is huge. Actually, two weeks ago, I was able to do a 5K, which I walked half of it. I just want to say that because I'm not allowed to run. I can jog, but that's pretty much it. Those are big milestones for me. I have not been able to be in the ring yet, so we're working on that. So there you go. That's how the recovery is going for me. Good. I'm glad she's working her way back, and AEW could certainly use her name recognition on the show. But I do think a character change is desperately needed for Thunder Rosa. She cannot come back and be the same Thunder Rosa that she was when we seen her. I think a change to her character and her overall presentation is going to be needed because we're going into a new year. Why not? New year, new me. That's what I would like to say. Maybe a heel turn may be best for Thunder Rosa. We got some AEW news. Fight forever. Can't wait for the game to come out. Going to be a staple on my Tuesday night thing. My Tuesday nights because we don't cover NXT, and I'd love to fill that gap. Fight Forever game news. Fight Forever doesn't necessarily have a release date at the moment, but Fightful has learned that some plans right now are being leaked. Evil Uno has worked closely with the game and spoke with Fightful at WrestleCade about what he could reveal. Now, while it's been rumored and speculated in the past, Uno said that he is of the belief that AEW Fight Forever will be a single release that will constantly evolve over time. This is instead of an annual or recurring release that would require the purchase of a new game for each edition. He said that the Fight Forever name plays into that. He also confirmed that there would be a roster of over 50 talent, and that would be added to over time as well. Dan Housen is one of the names that Fightful learned will not be in the initial release of the game as he appeared a little too late to be included in the first run. Good. I can't fucking stand when we got recurring game titles like MLB The Show and Madden and FIFA and PGA Tour and NBA 2K, and basically nothing's changed from year to year to year. WWE 2K is a culprit of this as well. Nothing's changed. Everybody was sucking the dick of 2K when WWE came out. The fucking game was exactly the same and looked a little bit more polished coming from the PlayStation 4 going to the PlayStation 5. That's all it was. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Nothing's changed about the game. They ask you to pay a $70 price tag for the same game basically every year. Meanwhile, I like this a little bit more because we're probably going to be living for the place that with the PlayStation 5 for another, what, three or four years, five years maybe, until new hardware is released. You're going to have a recurring roster. It's going to be updated through DLC. They'll be adding things to the game as time goes on. And then when we get a new system with new hardware, maybe they update the game according to what the specifications are on the new hardware. Great. Great. We don't need to pay $60 to $70 for a fucking game that's basically the same thing as its previous installment. 
2K could learn something. And I'm very excited about Fight Forever, man. I'm very, very excited about what is to come with that game. I can't wait to get my hands on it and have some fun with it here on the channel. And I saved the best for last, guys. Saved the best for last. We're going to talk Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Apparently, there are plans for Roman Reigns to work both nights of WrestleMania 39. Now, I know you've seen this story going around, and I've talked about this very, very intently in the past several months. There are a lot of ideas going around about how to handle WrestleMania 39. Everything kind of circles around Dwayne, The Rock. The last report that we read last weekend, Dwayne, The Rock, was going to win the Royal Rumble. That's an awful idea. The Rock winning the Royal Rumble is an awful, awful idea. Why is it awful, J.D.? Well, I don't know. Just think logically. You got somebody like Cody Rhodes in the Royal Rumble. You got somebody like Sami Zayn in the Royal Rumble. If they are anywhere near the end and then get eliminated to give the Rumble to The Rock, I don't think that's going to be a good look for Dwayne coming out of the Royal Rumble. No way at all. The Rock does not need the Royal Rumble. If The Rock is in the Royal Rumble, I think it's a mistake. But if The Rock is in the Royal Rumble and you want him to win the Royal Rumble to get a guaranteed shot at WrestleMania, maybe, maybe WWE needs to think about how we can give the Royal Rumble some extra level of unpredictability. What if we go back and do 1994 all over again? What if we do Brett the Hitman Hart and Lex Luger in the 1994 Royal Rumble where both men eliminated each other at the end and both feet of both men hit the floor and they both were crowned the winners of the Royal Rumble. They both got a championship match at WrestleMania 10 that year with Brett going on to beat Yokozuna for the WWE Championship in the main event while Yokozuna beat Lex Luger earlier in the night. We could do something like that. Just have it play out this year over two nights. I don't know. That is if you want The Rock in the Royal Rumble. Which I don't think is the right idea. Now, WWE, they're clearly thinking about The Rock. They want The Rock. Ideas need to be in or plans need to be in stone by the middle of January. So, Rock has about a month to let the WWE know if he's going to do it or not at WrestleMania. Dave Meltzer reported this week that there have been discussions about Reigns working both nights of WrestleMania 39. Meltzer wrote, and I quote, one of the things talked about internally in WWE is for Reigns to wrestle both nights of WrestleMania, with the working ideas being Cody Rhodes and Dwayne Johnson. Now, nothing is definite, and actually, this week, the best bet is that it won't take place like that. I hope that it does. There is also talk of splitting up the titles so Raw has a world champion after Mania. Now, WWE wants to have plans finalized by mid-January, like I just mentioned, and this idea right now of Reigns potentially wrestling both nights of Mania is just talk right now and is not set in stone. I don't know what you guys want. I've always sat on the hill of Roman and Cody being the preferred match for WrestleMania. That is if we don't get Rock at WrestleMania. 
Now, I am under the impression, this is just me speaking out loud. This is my take. This is my opinion. I think we end up getting Dwayne this year. I think we get Rock at WrestleMania 39. I think he's going to be involved. If he wasn't involved, we would have heard about it already. He would have said something along those lines. He never really played into the fucking rumors anyway, but he's kind of avoided all talk about wrestling from this point on. We've seen predictive programming in his Young Rock show. We've seen teases of Roman and Rock wrestling as young children on the show with family members saying, stop fighting. That is only something that should take place at a WrestleMania. So you know it's coming. There was a universal championship hanging on one of his walls in the fucking show. Rock was never a universal champion. Is that a little Easter egg? Is that predictive programming that they're putting into young Rock to let you know that, yeah, Dwayne is coming after that title. Maybe he wins it, and that's why we've seen it in the show. I think at WrestleMania, Dwayne is going to be there. But Dwayne shouldn't be the one sole storyline for Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania. The Rock does not need the Royal Rumble. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. The Rock can show up, do what he wants, say what he wants, ask for anything he wants. He wants Roman Reigns, he's going to get Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, as far as I'm concerned, may be the tribal chief on WWE television to the WWE, but the tribal chief in the family is Dwayne Johnson. He's going to come to television and ask for anything he wants, and he's going to get it. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. Why would you risk the allure? Why would you risk the entire presentation of The Rock going into probably the biggest WrestleMania of all time by having him win the Royal Rumble over everybody else in that Rumble that fans would like to see more, you know, than Dwayne win the Rumble. Rollins, Zayn, Cody, Edge, Cena, right? All these big names may potentially be in the Royal Rumble. But you want Dwayne to win the Royal Rumble. Come out at number 30 in the most predictable fucking situation you could possibly ask for. Would it be a surprise? Great. Yes, it would. Would it be exciting? Oh, my God, The Rock at number 30. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily going to be a good thing for Dwayne if it ends up being that way. Now, why are we talking about number 30 in the Royal Rumble? You know, how many fucking times have I talked about the WWE disrespecting the Royal Rumble? I hate the fact that the Royal Rumble has not been used in a meaningful way for a very, very long time. They usually love to give away number one or number two. They love to give away number 30. Vince McMahon was all over giving away fucking numbers before we got to the Royal Rumble. The best thing about the Royal Rumble is who's coming out at number one? Who's coming out at number 30, right? Now we got access to the internet. Everybody knows everything at every fucking moment of the day. Rock is rumored to be number 30. I would love for them to keep something like that a fucking secret. Why is it out there in the news eight weeks before we get to the Royal Rumble? It's ridiculous. He doesn't need to be there, and he doesn't need to win it. Cody Rhodes needs to win the Royal Rumble. If Cody is not doing anything with Seth Rollins, they're the final two guys in the Rumble. Cody and Rollins in the Royal Rumble. Or Cody and Sammy in the Royal Rumble. One of those three should be, they should be, honestly, near or close to the end. Cody in there with Sammy or Cody in there with Seth at the end. 
both of them for completely different reasons. But Cody winning the Royal Rumble solidifies that he gets a championship match at WrestleMania. He wants to challenge for the world championship. Roman Reigns obviously then looks at Cody as the challenger. In comes The Rock, fucks up his, fucks up his world, and now we get a double main event for WrestleMania. That's the way to go about it. Imagine Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania with not one but two storylines going into the biggest show of the year. He's accumulated the biggest title reign of the modern era. He's legitimately the biggest superstar that you have on your roster right now holding both championships. This year should be the end of the Tribal Chief. How does he do it? He goes down in a fucking blaze of glory. Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. He gets the main event of WrestleMania, which is Sunday night. He closes WrestleMania, wins the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. Roman beats Rock on Saturday. You can't have Roman losing going into the Cody Rhodes match. You can't do it the other way either. You can't have Cody beat Roman on Saturday. This is the, this is the part that really gets me. This is the part that really gets me. People are saying, well, why don't you do Cody and Roman on Saturday and Roman and Rock on Sunday? That's the main event. Her, her, her. No. Because Cody has to beat Roman. Cody can't be Roman on Saturday and go into a match with The Rock on Sunday and beat The Rock. What good would that do? He's the tribal chief. This storyline revolves around the tribal chief. He wants to be the head of the table. He's got to beat the legit head of the table. That's what it's got to be. You can't have Cody beat him for one championship either. If Cody is going to beat him, it's got to be for both championships. If Roman loses one championship and then goes into the next night still a champion, then you wasted him losing on nothing. He lost, but then is still a world champion? That doesn't compute with me. If he loses, he loses everything. You're not building him up to lose his first match after two fucking years to lose a championship but be a champion at the same time. No. Now that's not going to work out that way. The best plan of action here is Cody winning the Royal Rumble. Cody gets the main event of WrestleMania on Sunday. Dwayne comes in at some point during WrestleMania season. Maybe shows up at the Rumble. Maybe shows up after the Rumble. Maybe he shows up sometime in March, close to the WrestleMania. I don't know, depending on his schedule. Shows up, wants a match with Roman. We get Rock, Roman, Saturday night. Cody, Roman, Sunday night. Roman beats The Rock, which would serve as The Rock's retirement. He goes into WrestleMania, high as a fucking kite, thinking that he's the tribal chief, and then on Sunday night, the bloodline falls. Cody beats Roman. Usos lose the tag team titles to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Bloodline finished. They lose everything. That's the storyline. You build the bloodline up for all these months as the biggest group in all of pro wrestling, and then WrestleMania is the culmination of ending storylines, and that is the end of the bloodline. You have, a, you have an opportunity to make WrestleMania not only the biggest WrestleMania of all time, but to actually finish storylines before we go into a new year on the Raw after Mania, and you're not going to take advantage of it? I find that to be incredibly ridiculous. Another thing I want to mention is a lot of people are like, well, why would you do Cody and Roman on Sunday? Why would you do Rock and Roman on Saturday? That should be the last thing that you see going into WrestleMania. Who gives a fuck? WWE has now normalized Saturday night as being the main pay-per-view night. Every pay-per-view for the calendar year for WWE is majority going to be on Saturday night, depending on a fucking schedule. 
They made Saturday night. They legitimized and normalized Saturday night as being the night for big premium live events. Why the fuck not? Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled Kevin Owens last year in the main event of WrestleMania on Saturday night. So if it's good for Stone Cold, why wouldn't it be good for Dwayne? This is what needs to be. We need two championship matches with Roman Reigns taking place on WrestleMania 39 weekend. We don't need one championship being defended and not the other. If Roman is defending championships, he needs to defend them and lose them. He can't win one and then lose one. He can't go into a match where he's losing to, you know, The Rock and then or 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 losing one night and then going into the, the next night as champion. It's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be a good look. It's not. So I think the best way to go about it is having Cody win the Royal Rumble and him going into Sunday night while Rock gets Saturday night. Roman beats Rock, Cody wins on Sunday. Simple as that. So Cody beats Roman for both championships. We go to Monday Night Raw. We have the draft. Supposedly, Cody wants the WWE Championship. Is the story of him coming back revolves around that championship, the championship that his father never held. He wants that title. He stays on Raw. Universal title gets sent over to SmackDown. We got no champion. We hold the tournament for the championship. Titles are split. Back to normal life in the WWE draft. Monday Night Raw has its own championship. Friday Night SmackDown has its own championship. Boom. Very simple. WWE will not split the championships before WrestleMania because they don't want Roman losing. They could do whatever the fuck they want on television, but it's going to be very difficult to come up with a solid, logical reason to take one championship off of Roman before WrestleMania. You might as well not even do it. Do it after WrestleMania is over and you crown a new champion in Cody Rhodes, and then you give up the Universal Championship as he's only wanted the WWE Championship anyway. It's not that difficult of a situation. People are making it out to be more confusing than it really is. I just gave you what needs to be. That's what needs to be. And I'll be talking about this, I feel like, for months on end until we actually get to the Royal Rumble and we crown a winner of the Royal Rumble. It's up to WWE to make sense of it. Don't let me down. Cody Rhodes should win the Royal Rumble, bar none. Guys, I am done with the news portion of the show. We are about to hit the Super Chats in just a little bit. I thank you for joining me here on the podcast, and I thought we did great tonight, man. 867 likes, man. We're going to need a couple more. Let's get that to 1,000. Let's get it to 1,000, man. We got three new members tonight. I appreciate you guys very much. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show, which is right now. And I want you guys to uh, leave me a comment down below as far as what you think the top story was this week and what you think of the Roman Reigns situation and the Sasha Banks situation and everything that I talked about, even William Regal as well. So make sure you guys go and do that for me in the comment section down below. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com, guys. Remember, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and your free shipping. That is Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 
to save 20% off, and you're going to get that free shipping as well, courtesy of Off The Script. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys follow me on social media as well, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage right now for you if you missed any of the content that I've uploaded this week. Let's start at the top, guys. Not today. Jay with a 499 Super Chat. My godfather was comedian today because he says he thinks Roman is going to lose one, one of the titles at the Rumble. No. No, to, uh, no, Jay, uh, your godfather uh, may be a comedian, but he is uh, wrong in that assessment. Roman Reigns is not losing anything before we get to WrestleMania. Michelle Moran with the $2 Super Chat. How would you book a beltless Roman post-WrestleMania? Michelle, that's a very good question. I have no idea. We may be looking at the end of Roman's run going into WrestleMania. There's nothing more for him to do. I honestly think he'll be used as a special attraction like Brock Lesnar following WrestleMania. Nick Williams with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, hope you're having an awesome day. Honestly, I don't know why I slept on Ring of Honor. Final battle was awesome. Sasha Banks is indeed done. Can we get a thank you, Sasha, in the chat for everything she did? We love Sasha Banks here, Nick. It's very easy to give a thank you to Sasha Banks, but she's not done yet. There's more work to be done. Side wrestle with a 499 Super Chat. If Sasha Banks does go to AEW, do you think she'll be a bigger signing than CM Punk, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley? OTS for life. Nobody was a bigger signing than CM Punk. Nobody. At the end of the day, we may be looking at AEW retaining CM Punk services. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Stranger things have happened, man. In a year where we thought Vince was going to fucking rain terror down upon us for another year. He stepped down and is no longer affiliated creatively with WWE. Nobody, nobody, nobody on this planet expected that. So stranger things have happened, man. CM Punk could end right up back with AEW. Miles Morable with a 499. JD, you must choose. Omos versus Great Khali, 60-minute Iron Man match. Ronda versus Jade in a promo segment, or Vince back in control of creative. Bro, I'm taking Ronda and Jade in a promo. That's an easy one, bro. That's an easy one. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. Do you know when my mother's basement is going to be completed? Because I got some New York City pizza for when it's done. I don't know, brother. 2023 at some point. Before WrestleMania, I'm, I'm hoping for, for sure. Corey Williams with a four-month membership. Thank you, Corey, for four months in the VIP club, bro. Nate Amstutz becomes a new member. Thank you, Nate. BayKid92, thank you for the new membership. What are you gentlemen drinking tonight? Corey, what are you drinking to celebrate four months? 
Noel with a four-month membership. The Don is live with three ace emojis. You know it, Noel. Raymond Moore with a $5 super chat for your rewards. Are you going to put together? Are you going to put all together or separate company, AEW and WW? All together, Raymond. Everything is going to be all together. Desi D TV with three months. What's up, JD? Had to show love to the channel again. Been so busy with work. Hope you doing great. Keep working hard and keep being blessed. Thank you, Desi. Thank you for being here for three months, brother. Justin with a four-month membership. So I know it's not the holidays yet, but I wanted to wish you an happy Harley holidays. Hope it's a good one. OTS for life, number one for a reason. Thank you, brother. And happy holidays to you, Justin. Kyle Owens with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, my brother. And your opinion, who has the best super kick in the business? Young Bucks, Usos, someone else. Love the show. OTS for life. That's a good one, bro. I, I, have to, I, I may have to think about that one. I may have to think about that one, bro. Out of the three you mentioned, though, I'm probably going to go with the Young Bucks. Someone else? Who else has a good super kick? Trying to think. Adam Cole's got a great super kick. Yes, he does. Jeremy Lewis. Yes, thank you for the uh, lack of uh, attention here. Uh, Adam Cole, yes. I do think HBK still has the super kick, though. The best. Not today, Jay, with a 499. Why won Sasha go back to be called what she was called on the Indies? And that was Mercedes KV. She's well beyond that, bro. She's grown up now. She's not Mercedes KV. She's going to come up with something new. Or just be herself. Grant LaPonder with a new membership. Thank you, Grant. Dr. Evil Genius with a one-month membership. Oh, my goodness. What's good, OTS fam? I'll be seeing him tomorrow, uh, a little bit afternoon. Another workout session. Thank you, brother. Philip Newton with three months. I'm looking forward to seeing what Mercedes does in New Japan and stardom at Wrestle Kingdom 17. This will give stardom a whole new audience, says Philip Newton. Thank you so much, man, for three months. What are you drinking? West Coast Samoan with a $20 super chat. Drinking on Guinness and taking Irish car bombs. Gotta love it, brother. On Tuesday, I heard you say FTR deserved PWI number one spot over the Usos because they won three major, they won three minor league titles. Sorry. LOL. Keep up the good work. Cheers. West Coast Samoan. Go and watch that dog collar match from Ring of Honor Final Battle and tell me they're not the best tag team of the year. Doesn't matter what company you work in, man. It's all about the work rate at that point. M-O-H-L-K with a Canadian 699 Super Chat. I appreciate you, uh, A-L-K. Uh, not sure Roman wrestling twice a mania is the best idea. What if he gets injured in the first match and can't wrestle in the second? He's not going to get injured, bro. Roman Reigns is one of the more safest guys in the business. And he's working with family.
cue the content guy with a 999 super chat i think sasha is one of the greatest and i do think that one day she will come back to the wwe if she has left happy for whatever reason if she left happy for whatever she does but i'm more curious about what naomi's next move is going to be same thing that uh, applies to Sha- uh, sasha applies to naomi wherever she goes we're going to support wherever she goes we're going to watch and do what she would do what we usually do and that is support her all the way cue the content guy 999 i think sasha is one of the greatest uh i just read that i'm sorry uh thank you cue the content guy william $10 Super Chat of Ring of Honor. It's going to get TV and work with New Japan. An idea I had was them also working on New Japan Strong TV to help get that brand going in the U.S. I want to see new faces, fresh stories on both shows, thoughts. It's a possibility, bro. That may be what Tony Khan has lined up. Maybe a possibility. Nobody knows for sure. We'll find that after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to happen in, uh, in about uh, three and a half weeks. Philip Newton with a 499. I think it's creative. That's the reason why Sasha has not returned. No doubt about it. WWE can pay her whatever the fuck she wants. Drizzy Drew with a 499. Why not put Honor Club and Ring of Honor on Fight TV along with AEW Plus for 499 along with all the other shows? The fan base is already there from AEW Plus. Listen, man, that makes sense and it's logical. I don't know. I don't know. Desi DTV with a 999. Imagine when Cody wins the titles, he actually gives up the Universal Championship and makes the WWE title to the World Heavyweight Championship, a title that is similar to the 1990s Championship. Yes. Yes. I would love to see him give up the Universal Championship and just pull out of a black bag the old winged eagle belt. Or a modernized take on it. I'd love to see that. Tay-Tay the Savior with the four months. Thank you, bro. When Cody wins the Undisputed Championship, what do you do with the Universal Championship after Mania? Retire it or vacate it? Give it back to SmackDown. Cody wins the titles against Roman on Sunday. Shows up on Monday with a winged eagle belt or a modernized version of it. Gives up the Universal Championship via the draft. And the Universal title goes back to SmackDown. Three Kings with a 499. Do you see a possibility of a second version of the Bloodline after Roman's run is over? Maybe run by Solo and the Usos. Solo did say he was sent by the Elders. No, it's not going to be the same. I think at that point, Solo is going to be better off on his own, and he's going to be a breakout guy. And thank you for the four months, bro. Two guitar emojis and two rock on emojis for Three Kings. Thank you, bro. Kill a swag, 216, four months. Coming to support the OTS fam. Thank you, bro. Matthew Malnar with four months. Hey, JD, did you happen to catch the Game Awards this weekend? If so, what new releases are you excited about most? Uh, I'm very interested in the new Final Fantasy coming out. I want to get my hands on Resident Evil 4 Remake. I want to get my hands on the Dead Space Remake. And uh, it's basically it. 
There's this RPG I want to get for my Steam Deck, I think. It's called Shamed Echoes. It looks like Chrono Trigger. Not really excited about much, man. I got to hop back on Destiny 2, man. My time is uh, being spread thin across other things. But uh, I want to hop on Destiny 2 and get myself uh, situated with some new, uh, some new weapons in the grind. I haven't done that yet. And basic with a 199, Dolph Ziggler has a good super kick. Yes, he does. Dolph is an incredible wrestler. Boring and tarnished because of the last administration, but very good is Dolph Ziggler's super kick. Guys, that's all I got for you. That is the show this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the wrap-up of news this week. I'll be back live tomorrow night with Monday Night Raw. You guys know the deal, man. Thank you for the super chat love. Thank you for the likes. We are 70 away from 1,000 likes. There's got to be 70 of you in here that have not hit the thumbs up. Can we get 1,000 likes on the episode tonight, man? I appreciate you guys thanking uh, or coming uh, to the show tonight. Thank you guys very much. Like I said, I'll be live for Monday Night Raw. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other content that you missed on the channel. We were live for Ring of Honor, Final Battle, and NXT Deadline last night. SmackDown, Dynamite, Raw, Extras thrown in there. It'll be the same thing this week. I'm finally getting my PC back tomorrow, so hopefully we'll be back to business. Full-fledged, full steam ahead. And I don't have to work off this laptop anymore. Which has been my saving grace, otherwise I wouldn't be live. So go check out all that stuff. And Manscaped, bro. Check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping courtesy of the podcast. Make sure you guys take care of yourself. The holiday season also makes a great gift for the man in your family. Manscaped.com. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Again, thank you so very much for all of your support. I'll see you live tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw. Hopefully, it's a lot better than it was last week. I need those rock on emojis. I need those guitar emojis. I need those Mustang emojis. Let me see those ace emojis in the chat. And I want to hear that music on max. Guys, thank you so very much. Until Monday night, I'll see you guys tomorrow night live right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.